Good morning to you all. This, it kind of, it felt finally this morning as I was outside, it, it actually felt like winter was coming this morning. I, I could see um, on the hills around the valley, you could kind of see some dusting of snow, which makes exactly, it makes me like a giddy little kid when I start seeing dustings of snow on the hills around the valley. Um, we have, uh, I, I got a text last night um, for a kind of a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this, kind of a serious um, prayer request. Um, there was a young mom um, who's really kind of struggling with, with having uh, a baby, uh, a new baby. And um, uh, in the midst of that, some of you, you ladies know, um, there's this thing called postpartum depression. Mortem, thank you. I don't, you know, it's not my it's not my field. Um, <laughs> so, if I'm messing that up, anyway, there's a form of depression that comes after giving birth, um, and a lot of a lot of ladies really struggle with that. And um, this young lady who just gave birth was really struggling with that and um, uh, attempted to take her life. And um, so there's a newborn, and there's this young lady who's really struggling with everything. And um, I got a text from mom, not the new mom, but her mom, um, asking if we could pray for her. Um, I'm purposely being incredibly vague because um, we don't need the general details out there. But if you guys would be praying just for this young mom, I would really appreciate it. I'm going to pray this morning. You can join with me. But throughout this week, if you would be praying for both her and for the baby, um, just that God's hand of, of peace and mercy and love and, um, you know, just that wrestle, you know, of being, of being young and then being responsible for a newborn life as well as your own and just the changes that happen with that. It's just, it's difficult. And so, um, but I... I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that the Lord can intervene and um, bring some healing there. So, Holy Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you come right now, just even as we're here, would you go to this young mom, Lord God? Would you enfold her? Would you give her your peace, Lord Jesus? I ask, Lord, that she would feel your love and your support and your mercy and grace and strength. Even now, Lord Jesus, just infusing her body. Lord, in the, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, just, I, I come against anything that might be trying to uh, uh, mess with her mind. To, to twist her heart around, Lord God, um, that might be um, kind of um, making amplifying things, making things worse, Lord God. Lord, I just come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask, would you um, put your angels around her, Lord God? 
Lord, I ask for protection over her in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, would she be surrounded by you, Lord God? Lord, I just, even as we were praying before service this morning, Lord, Lord, could she be baptized, completely immersed in your peace, in your grace, and in your mercy, Lord God? Lord Jesus, we know that your heart is for the brokenhearted. And Lord, right in this moment, her, her heart has been broken. Um, and Lord, would you heal it? Would you restore it? Would you, would you put your salve of your love on her heart, Lord God, that there would be healing, Jesus? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we just pray for service this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with us, that you would surround us and enfold us, God. Amen. Um, so this morning, um, we're actually going to be talking about the disciplines of meditation and prayer. And I'm going to try and navigate because I tend, you guys know I tend to move around when I talk. So I'm going to try and not knock stuff over. I'm a little bit of a bull in a china shop. Um, this, a lot of people get hung up when they hear the word meditation. Um, but the words meditate and meditation are mentioned over 600 times throughout Scripture, both Old and New Testament. This is not something that is outside the sphere of Scripture and of our experiences that we have with God. Um, the reason a lot of people get hung up on it is because they confuse it with New Age meditation. Christian meditation is nothing like New Age meditation. In New Age meditation, what you're doing is you're emptying yourself of everything. You're making yourself tabula rasa. You're making yourself a blank slate. Christian meditation, conversely, what you're, what you're seeking to do is put yourself in a place where you can be filled with the presence of God. Or sometimes it's meditating on an aspect of God or a piece of Scripture. And so what we're looking to do instead in Christian meditation is to get ourselves, put ourselves in a place where we can receive the Lord in a deep and an intimate way without distraction and without all of the other things that life has to do. Um, and so I just I kind of wanted to make that little distinction as we were starting off. So this discipline of meditation. Prayer, which is going to be kind of part two of my message this morning. Prayer is this interactive relationship we have with God, where us and God are kind of working together and working something out. And I'm, I'm talking to God, and hopefully he's speaking back to me, and, and we're working on things together. Christian meditation is the active listening side of this. Active listening is intentionally listening. It's something that we have to work on when we're even talking with people, right? Like, have you guys ever been talking to somebody and then like suddenly your, your brain starts to wonder, like wander off, like, you know, I wonder how the Seahawks are gonna do today. You know, they've been playing pretty well, you know, and somebody's like pouring their heart out and your brain starts to drift away, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one that has ever happened to. So this act of actively listening for the voice of God is a huge thing. God speaks and teaches 
And our job is to hear his voice and then obey what it is he's speaking to us. And this act of Christian meditation is where we can kind of get in a place to do that. God uses various different methods for speaking and teaching us. God speaks to us through scripture, the Bible. God speaks to us through nature. I know for me, when I hit a beach, I feel God. Like, it's almost immediate. Like, there's a peace and a, and a sense of serenity. And, and just the vastness of the ocean always reminds me of God's love. And how, like, there's just no end to it. And it's both calm and powerful at the same time. And I see that in nature, and I see that as a reflection of God and God's love. So God speaks to us through the book of nature. God speaks to us through action and activity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can divinely implant words, prophecy, information, intuitions, directions, guidance. The Holy Spirit can can speak to us. God can speak to us directly, heart to heart. That still, small voice of God can be heard if we simply stop and make space for him. But it's that act of stopping and having active listening for the voice of God and making space for the Lord where that can happen. Jesus reminds us that he's the good shepherd, right, in Scripture, and that his sheep will know his voice. Jesus is alive. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a mute God of wood and stone, but we serve a living, risen Jesus Christ. And his voice is not hard to hear. He's constantly speaking to us. He wants to have a dialogue with us. He wants to share life with us. But it's up to us to stop and listen. His vocabulary isn't difficult to understand. If we're truly listening for his voice, if we're truly trying to understand what it is he's speaking to us, meditation is that spiritual discipline that helps us to listen well and to hear correctly. At its most basic, fundamental level, Christian meditation is simply a loving attentiveness to the Lord, of placing ourselves in front of him and saying, Lord, speak to me. The prophet Isaiah urges us to incline our ear. In other words, like, like, you know, it's one of those things, like where you're like, you're listening in. It's like, I have, it's this ear, my left ear. My left ear is permanently damaged from a Foo Fighters concert. I was too close to one of the speakers and it was really loud and my ear was ringing the whole next day. And I've noticed I have like about a, probably a 30% difference in my left ear versus my right ear from that concert. Um, and so when I want to hear somebody, I turn my right ear, <laughs> like really, if I want to hear really well, I turn my right ear and listen to them. And so when I imagine that Isaiah saying, incline your ear, I'm, to me, that means, okay, use your good ear <laughs> and really try to listen to what somebody's saying so that you may live. See, if we can listen for that voice of God, if we can allow God to speak to us, it will help us with our lives. So this listening bit is key. Be silent. Listen to God. Let all within you listen to him. 
He's worthy of our full attention. So we're going to do a little spiritual exercise this morning. We're going to try this out here on a Sunday morning. And for anyone watching online, I want you to try this out where you are at as well. I'm going to read a piece of scripture. And I want you to put yourself in the place of the disciples in the scripture. Anybody who's ever attended my celebration of discipline classes, this is one of the first exercises that we do together. Is reading this piece of scripture and then imagining using our, our God given creative imagination that He gave us and imagining ourselves in the place of the disciples. So let's read this. This is Mark 5, or 4, excuse me, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's the story where Jesus calms the wind and the waves. So let's read this. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, because he had been preaching to a multitude of people. So when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats also were with him because 12 of them couldn't fit. They didn't have one giant boat. There were two different boats. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already starting to fill up with water. He was in the stern, asleep, on a pillow. So there was a storm strong enough to swamp this boat, and Jesus is crashed out in the bottom, sleeping, obviously not worried. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not even care that we're perishing? Like, Jesus, do you not even care that we're dying here? Like, this storm is going to swamp us. We're going to go to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, and you're sleeping. Like, do you not even care what's happening to us? Have you ever been in that place where you're really wrestling with something, and you're like, Lord, do you even care? Does, does like, what's happening even matter to you? That's where the disciples were at that day. But then he arose. And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? that even the wind and the seas obey him. Peace. Be still. Do any of you have situations or areas in your life that feel like a storm? Where there's anxiety, where there's fearfulness, where there's worry, where there's hopelessness, where there's despair, that you need Jesus to speak to that storm in your life and say, peace, be still, and speak that to you. So we're going to do a little exercise this morning. I want you to use your imagination that you're one of the disciples, and you're in the boat, and there's this storm going on. 
I'd like everyone to kind of get this image in your head that I have up here. Remember the scripture that I just spoke about. And imagine yourself as one of those disciples. And close your eyes. And I want you to imagine you're on, you're in that place. That you're in that storm. And the waves are crashing. And there's stuff going around. And it feels like there's a storm. And I want you to imagine using the imagination that Jesus gave you. Of him speaking into that situation and saying to you, peace, be still. Holy Spirit, would you allow your peace to wash over us right now here in this moment? We thank you, Lord, for your peace. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness. My, my hope and my prayer is that for some of you, the Lord spoke to you in that moment of attentiveness, that God shared with you some of that same peace of him speaking to those winds and to those waves. I want you to think about Jesus speaking, as I said before, into all of those situations in your life that feel like there's just so much chaos. And him speaking just like he spoke to those winds and just like he spoke to those waves and saying to you, peace, be still. And if you could, as you go throughout this week, I would love for you to practice this attentiveness to God. Find a space where you can be quiet and attentive to the Lord and give him your full attention and let him speak peace to your heart and to your soul because he's willing to do it and he wants to do it. Moving on into prayer, which is the second part of this. This is one of my favorite quotes about prayer. Of course, it's from one of my favorite dudes, C.S. Lewis. But he says, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all of the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. And I have found that in prayer, 
that like if I can start dialoguing with God and letting him speak back to me and me speaking to the Lord, that it changes my heart. It will change my whole day. I would encourage you, if you can, if you can you know, get up early, make it happen, carve out some space to read the word and just speak to God each morning. And it will set the tone of your day. If you've ever implemented a practice like this, you'll know how good it is. Prayer is our heart's true home. But see, we've been in other countries, and we travel to other places outside of God, right? I know I'm guilty of that. We all do that, right? We've been in these far countries. It's been a country of climb and push and shove and striving and working and busyness, sorry, and busyness, right? We just, we're always so busy. And Foster continues on to say, it's been a country of noise and hurry and crowds. The heart of God is an open wound of love because of the distance and preoccupation of ours. God weeps. God weeps over our obsession with busyness. Our busyness gets in the way of our relationship with God. God invites us to come home, home where we belong, home to serenity and peace and joy, home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation in him. God welcomes us into the living room of his heart where we can put on our comfy clothes and just hang out with Jesus and share our life with him. I don't know about you guys, but when I get home, it's like, okay, where's like my biggest, ugliest, probably stained shirt I can find and a pair of shorts and I'm just going to chill. Like, you know, like, and, I, and I'm home. God wants to be your home. God wants to be your home. It doesn't matter if you only have a little faith or even none. It doesn't matter if you've been bruised and broken by the pressures of life. It doesn't matter if our prayers have even grown cold and brittle. It doesn't matter if God feels cold and inaccessible. I know for myself, I've gone through what St. John on the cross refers to as the dark time of the soul, where I could be praying to this mic stand for all it seems to do with me praying to God. I get the same response, it feels like, that there's just nothing there. It doesn't matter to God if we can step out Pray to him anyway and seek his face anyway. He will respond. Just like little kids. I have pictures and birthday cards. My son for my birthday this year wrote me a letter, like wrote me a card with actual writing in it that Just, it meant a lot. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't expecting that. Um, it was big to me. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, you love your kids, right? 
um, you don't always hear that they love you back. Um, and uh, God's that same way with us. You can never draw a bad picture. As a child of God, you can never have a bad prayer. There are no bad prayers. They're all beautiful pictures to God that he treasures. It can be an entire landscape with, made with only a blue crayon. And your dog looks like a llama. And God will love it. Just like I loved every picture my son ever made me. Or everything my son ever did. My son works at playing piano. And even when he's missing notes and messes up, it's still beautiful music to me. And I still love it. And God, our Heavenly Father, it says in Scripture, loves us even more than our earthly fathers do. He loves us even more. So God accepts us just the way we are. And he accepts our prayers just the way we are. they are. Right where you are now, here, sitting today. God loves you and cares for you and accepts you. But here's the beauty of this interactive life with, of prayer with God. God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us the way we are. His intention is to transform us and to work on our character. Character is so important, you guys. Our character, honestly, when we're dead and gone, our character is one of the few things that will stand our life. People can point to you and say, you know, when, I'm, when somebody's standing at my funeral, my hope is that they will say that Dusty loved them, that I, that I cared for them, that, that I forgave, that, that I worked hard to love them. Like that, that our characters would, would stand the test of time. God's intention is to transform us so that every day, every second of every hour of every day, that we would become more and more like Jesus Christ. Because in doing so, we become more and more like God. Our, initially, we were created with that imagio day, with that image of God, that we all bear the image of God, and, and it was perfect and beautiful and good. And we fell, and we sinned, and we all screwed up and made mistakes and continue to to this day. But our life of being transformed into the image of Christ is to get back to that original character which, with which God created us and made us and become more and more like Jesus every day. And gosh, guys, that's, that's my hope and prayer for me. That's my hope and my prayer for all of you, that every day we're becoming more like Jesus. The syntax of prayer, the language of prayer is love. True, whole prayer is nothing but love, writes Augustine. Wesley said this, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. I don't know if you guys remember the story uh, in Scripture in the Gospel of John where John was sitting next to Jesus, and, and he laid his head on Jesus' chest. In Scripture, they use the word bosom. <laughs> that he laid his head on Jesus' chest. That the disciple John had that type of relationship with the, with the Lord, and that's what Wesley's crying out for. He wants that same type of relationship with the Lord where he could just sit and rest his head on Jesus. The heart of God is open wide to receive us. 
and welcome us home. We have to respond. It's up to us whether we're going to say yes. I want to end with this. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Um, it's, the, it's the Lord's Prayer, also known as the Our Father. I have to admit, I, like, I pulled up a couple different translations. And because when I was a little kid, I memorized it in King James, I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> like, it's just, like I tried. <laughs> and I tried some other versions. And there's something about those these and thous that for me just, I don't know, it, it works. It makes a connection for me. So um, we're going to use a little of, of like Middle Ages language here. Um, what I'd like to do is have all of you read this prayer with me. This is the prayer Jesus gave the disciples. They were asking Jesus, Lord, how should we pray? And Jesus responded with these words, showing us how to pray. So if you would all read it with me, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Everything in this Lord's Prayer is pursuant to our lives today. We need God's sustenance. We need God's provision in our lives especially now when there's so many who are hungry and in need in our nation right now. We need that daily bread. We need to forgive even those who hurt us. We ask for forgiveness for ourselves. Even as we forgive those who hurt us. And we ask God not not to give us more than we can, we can bear. Sometimes, you know, the world seems so dark. And sometimes it seems so ugly. And, um, you know, there's so much hate just flying around. But as followers of Jesus, as Christians, as those who are working every day to become more and more like Christ, that's not what we're called to. We're called to have a different type of character. We're called to be different. We're called to be salt and light and not fall into the trap that the enemy wants for us. It's not hard to vent my spleen on somebody. It's really pretty easy. It's way harder to show Love, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? All those fruits of the Spirit. That takes work. And that takes Christ's character within me. And that takes daily meditation and prayer for me to be there. One of my, my youth pastors who was named Reagan, he probably spent five years helping me work through my sarcasm I, I was one of those guys in high school who could like, I'm not proud of this, but like I could be so sarcastic that I could make somebody cry. 
like just, I was that cutting. And I had to learn to be different. And he over and over worked with me on that that is not the way of Christ. Like that's not the heart of Jesus. And if you're, if you're tearing somebody apart, if you're, if you're dissecting them and who they are and what they believe, then when you come up to them and you say, and, and, Jesus loves you. How would that be received as the person who just destroyed them, who tore them down, who ripped them apart? Oh, but Jesus loves you, and so do I. Uh huh. Sure, you do. <laughs> right? So if our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of God and our primary purpose is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and let people know about God's forgiveness and God's love and God's character, then we have to exhibit that same character. We have to exhibit God's character and God's love if we want to share it with others. And that's my final challenge with, for you guys today. I, I would encourage, I, I lied, it wasn't my final challenge. Here's another one. Find some time this week on your own to make space. Find a piece of scripture. Find a characteristic of God, whether it's peace or love or grace or mercy or forgiveness. Find an aspect of God and just sit and meditate and consider that aspect, that character of God. And let God speak to you. And then out of that space of peace with the Lord and meditation, pray and say, Lord, what do I do with this? Where do I go with this? Um, if I could get the worship team to come up, I appreciate it, guys. And I'm going to slide back here.